are listening to Hotter Than Health. This is episode 86, another very special guest today. We have the beautiful Allie Gray Deloche. You can find her on Instagram, Allie, A-L-I, Gray, G-R-A-Y, Deloche, D-E-L-O-A-C-H-E. She is a professional dietitian working with specifically uh, disordered eating and eating disorder patients, helping them um, get through things, work on mindset, and find the most balanced and optimal nutrition for their lifestyle. So we're going to get into a couple of different topics today, and I want to introduce Allie Um, we're going to be talking about disordered eating. We're going to be talking about mindset of weight gain during quarantine. We're going to talk about how she deals specifically with her, uh, dietetic clients. So I think you guys are all going to really love this. There's going to be a ton of value. She's fantastic. I met her at the gym and then we became fast friends. Just a sweetheart. Y'all will love her. So without further ado, nice to meet you. Allie Gray Deloge, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Eliza. That was very, very sweet of you. Um, Yes, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like this has been a long time coming. You and I have kind of like bounced back and forth about this for a while, Um, but we're finally here, so I'm super excited. Good. I'm so glad, and yeah, it has been a long time coming. I wanted to have someone in your field, and I can't think of anyone better, so give us a background. you you just exude this confidence and success and professionalism. So how old are you? Where did you go to school? How did you get into this? And just tell us all about you. Gosh, Liza, um, you're making me look much better than I am. Um, so I would say it was a probably junior year of high school. Um, I really started like getting into nutrition and fitness, going to the gym, um, and it started to become a passion. Like I was reading books about it and it just clicked I was like I'm gonna be a dietitian um I didn't really know what that entailed at the time but I was like okay cool I'm gonna be a dietitian so um I go to Clemson for food science with a concentration in nutrition and dietetics um so completed my bachelor's there so not many people really know like what is a dietitian versus you know what's a nutritionist what does that really mean um so once I graduated from Clemson, I went ahead and got my master's in nutrition, um, which just took a year for me, so it was pretty quick, and um, I went into my dietetic internship. So pretty much to be a dietitian, you have to do a nine to 12-month rotations in like hospitals, outpatient, um, inpatient, community, all those things, um, and then you have to sit for an exam. So I did all of that, and it is a lot of work. Um, but I knew it was exactly what I wanted to do, and I have truly adored every minute since. That's amazing. Typically, people are still floundering when they graduate college, and they're like, well, I majored in PR. What the hell do I do? So I think it's great that you started. Yeah, truthfully, like, so many people are like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, I can't help you because I knew what I wanted to do, but... That's okay. Like, it's okay. You're 18. You don't need to know what you want to do right now. Exactly. So when you first started getting into fitness and nutrition and wellness, what what triggered that? Did your family, I mean, does your family come from a long line of athletes? Are you, have you always been active and you were like, okay, this just makes sense? Were you 
I don't know, like at three, 400 pounds overweight? Like what was the deal? What was your mindset click? To be honest, I can't like tell you exactly what it was, but so my aunt, she teaches nutrition at Coastal Carolina. Um, my cousin is a registered dietitian and my parents, like they've always cared about nutrition. They've exercised all their lives. So I just kind of started like exercising. I was, I've always been super athletic. Um, so once I kind of really realized like, okay, nutrition really means something nourishing my body. Like I really can't go to Sonic and get, uh, jalapeno poppers and a Sonic blast every day after school. Like that's probably not going to be great when I'm playing three hours of tennis. Um, so that's kind of where it clicks where I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty important. I love that. And for anyone watching at home, um, I got this visor, and we're on Skype right now. You can't see it, but everyone has been saying that I look like a Sonic employee when I wear it. So um, I'll take a picture of it for Instagram to post tomorrow. But truly, everyone keeps saying, like, welcome to Sonic when I pass by wearing this visor. So that's very fitting. I was getting tennis player vibes to make you feel better. Okay. (laughs) Thank you very much. You're very sweet. But Sonic sounds better. You do like to rollerblade work. You should maybe look into that. I like to rollerblade, and I always wear a microphone at work, so I actually look. Anyways. Anyways. um, So, I mean, that's amazing to hear. I I think that a lot of people think that, um, you know, you have to you have to or either it goes one of two ways. You have to already be super healthy to be into nutrition. They're like, well, I got to, you know, eat healthy before I study nutrition. And you're like, well, then, you know, chicken or the egg. And then there's also the other end of the spectrum where people have, um, they've already been severely overweight and maybe they um, overcame that and they became super interested in it like a passion. So when you're working with clients now, um, I have a feeling not everyone starts in dietetics with a specific, uh, with a specific focus. So I'm assuming you kind of just mm-hmm. evolve into that role. When you first started with dietetics, what were you thinking you were going to get into? Like, and then what does your day to day look like now? How do you work with your clients? Oh my gosh. Um, so I went into it. I really don't think I had like a full on passion. My passion has developed a lot. Um, so, and we'll get into something else, kind of how I got into eating disorders probably later. But, um, so at Clemson, we had the opportunity to do sports nutrition. So work with the football athletes as well as all the other athletes. Um, and my passion for sports nutrition, it has never weaned, like changed. I love sports nutrition. Um, I thought I was going to marry Deshaun Watson, and my husband is totally okay with that still. Um, he's my one pass. So, um, if you're out there, I, I, I'm here. <laughs> so, I, I made a lot of PB&Js and smoothies. Y'all, it was not glamorous. I would wake up, I would have to be at the football stadium at 5 a.m. to make them smoothies on a Friday morning. And if anyone, you know, I went to Clemson, Thursday nights were big. So, um, yeah, that Thursday nights were not big for me for very long. So I adored that. Um, so I actually took that to Coastal Carolina one summer, which I mentioned my aunt um, is a nutrition professor there. So I was working with the athletes there during the summer. 
Um, during my master's, I worked with the dietitian for the Carolina Panthers, which was, again, amazing. I got some amazing opportunities. I know. I, it's, Eliza's like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I was like, I love a football player. <laughs> It was cool. I was like, um, yeah, it is really cool. So that that was really my passion, what I wanted to go into. Here comes my internship where I actually love the hospital, and not many interns will say that. Like, most people try to do a year of the hospital, one and done. Um, I found a, I really had a passion for oncology. Um, I really loved working with the cancer patients because they were all so motivated because like they didn't want to be sick most of them were generally healthy people they had to work on like how to get better nutrition so that they could live and get through their treatments um so that was kind of where I was thinking I was going and then I really just got kind of this god thing opportunity to work with eating disorders and so that's kind of where I landed myself, and I have been working with eating disorders now for over two years, and I, I love working with them. It's so tough every day, but I love it. So you say, okay, I'm, I work with eating disorders. What does that mean? Does that convincing so, people that food is okay? Is, that con- is it just, I guess it could be any kind of conversation. Yeah. It's, the thing is, is, Eating disorders are also different, but they're all the same. You know, I work with bulimia. I work with binge eating. I work with anorexia. I work with orthorexia. Um, all of those things um, are fit, which is not very well known. Avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Um, so they all look so different. So, yeah, a lot of it is literally like it is okay to eat French fries or it is okay to eat a, a cake and not – restrict afterwards or purge or beat yourself up. Um, it's really just having, finding what I like to call it, like finding food freedom, being okay with whatever food and just eating more intuitively. Mm-hmm. And so with that, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who this might be either triggering for, or they might find some realization. What, starting from the beginning, when these clients seek you out, is it typically after a lot of reluctance? Is it typically they notice these types of things? Or is it, you know, their family reaching out to you is more of an intervention style? Like, how is it that someone who's going through something like an eating disorder or who's been suffering with this, how is it that they have taken that step to find you? Um, or do you work with people who are just, like, concerned about their image and then you make them realize, hey, you're suffering with an eating disorder? such a good question um and we can I totally want to dive into this because people don't know what to do when they have a loved one with an eating disorder so I really work very closely closely with a lot of therapists so typically people start with a therapist sometimes they'll start with me um but the therapist is typically like hey there's a big issue let's get a dietitian on board um a lot of times it is parents that are like i I'm worried about my daughter's son. Um, a lot of times it's amazing and it's just people like, there's a problem going on. Can you help me? Um, so it's kind of a little bit of everything. A lot of it is like referrals from doctor's offices and like I said, therapists just saying, hey, you know, this person's really struggling with food. Can you help? 
And that's amazing. Um, I, I feel like it's really brave of so many people. What are some things, let's just say, for example, because I, I selfishly, I like specifics. So, for example, there's someone who comes to you and says, hey, I'm really struggling. I don't know where else to go. Um, what are some things, what are some examples of things that people might be seeing at home? Um, maybe a mom is seeing this in a daughter or a son. Maybe it's a, maybe they're seeing it within themselves. Like what are some specific character traits or mindsets or conversations people are having with themselves that make them realize, holy shit, there's a problem. Yeah, because I'm going to be honest, a lot of Americans have issues. They just, our relationships with food suck. And I'm like, why can't we, Europeans in general have great relationships with food. Um, So I envy them some. So when you're seeing somebody that you're worried about, number one thing, of course, weight loss. But y'all, it is not always about weight loss. I cannot tell you how many people that are normal size quote-unquote overweight, quote-unquote obese, that still have tendencies. So big things to look for, are they going to the bathroom immediately after meals every single time they're eating? Are they pushing food around on the plate, um, trying to make it look like that they're eating, but they're really not? Are they coming home saying, oh, I've already eaten, um, I'm not hungry? Constantly saying, I'm not hungry, saying, I've already eaten, um... A lot of times, if it's, if it's like a friend, they keep skipping out on going out to dinner with you and having, like, meals with you. So those are kind of the big things that typically you'll notice and be like, okay. Or, you know, on the other side, a lot of times what we see is over-exercise. Are they exercising multiple times a day for hours and skipping out on life because of exercise? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big one that you just said is um, – they're like missing out on life because of these things. That's such a big one. Yes. And that's kind of like one of my philosophies that like, I want my clients to live their lives again, because that's the number one sign. If you're noticing that food or exercise is impacting somebody's life and you can tell or, and or relationships, that's a telltale sign that there's something else going on. Mm -hmm. It's true. And I also feel like, so many people go through waves of disordered eating where they, they, you know, they have this amazing life where they're abundant and they're eating intuitively and then either something triggers them or their hormones get all fucked up and they, they end up binging and, um, emotional eating, things like that. What do you say when, um, well, first I want to ask this question when you're working with a client, can you give us, paint us a picture of what it looks like when a client comes to you? And you have your first consultation. What does that look like um, for someone who is maybe considering it? What does it look like when you first meet with them? How often do you meet with them? And and when do you know it's time to stop? Yeah, great question. So the initial consultation, I try to keep it very simple. They are already taking the biggest step by coming to see me. It's terrifying. Um, so I have an assessment that I go through just kind of asking them, you know, what's really going on, exercise, past medical history. Biggest thing that I really look at is what is your relationship with your body? How has your relationship with your body changed over time, starting from elementary school? And then what does your normal day-to-day food look like? 
Um, so from there, I can kind of grasp what's really going on. As a dietitian, you cannot diagnose. So sometimes they come in with a therapist already diagnosing them. Sometimes they come in and they're like, I'm fine. I just like, I have a little bit of an eating problem and like it's a full blown eating disorder. Um, so from there, when they, we set goals every week and that first initial consultation, I set like baby, baby, baby goals so that they're not overwhelmed. If they're, you know, eating one meal a day, okay, well let's try to eat two meals a day. And you know, this could be triggering for people. So, um, please get through this if this is triggering at all. Um, you know, if they're purging, wait five or 10 minutes before going to purge or just little tiny things that they can do, um, until we meet next time. Typically I meet with them once a week. Um, so they'll come in for that next, um, that next session. And that's where we'll kind of get on some sort of meal plan. Like, okay, this is what like breakfast, lunch, and dinner should look like. Here's some snack ideas. Um, and we really try to kind of, typically what we do, we just try to like round out it as much as possible. But again, you know, we're not making giant changes. Like, I mean, I've been seeing clients for two years and they made great strides, but they're still in their eating disorder. Um, so yeah, I see people weekly and typically after weekly, once it kind of feels like, you know, the ed voice is what we call it, is kind of dying down. They're more, they're following their meal plan. They're just feeling more comfortable. Um, we'll go to every other week, um, and kind of continue with that. And then eventually once a month and then once they have maintained their weight range that we set for them for, you know, multiple months and they really have no ed thoughts, they can eat intuitively and maintain their weight, that's when they, um, we typically can release them. Mm-hmm. So recovery curve though is five, seven years. So this isn't overnight by any stretch of the imagination. Wow. Wow. And yeah. I mean, I can imagine that this is all, I bet, I don't know this for a fact, but I just feel like so many women and men, um, obviously social media in the past four or five years has played a huge role in this. And me being in the fitness industry, I get compared to people all the time that everyone thinks I should be X amount of strength. Everyone thinks I should be the fastest, the strongest, like the biggest ass. And I'm like, ah, I can't keep up. And so I even get, I definitely get body dysmorphia all the time thinking I should look a certain way, but I'm like, but I feel good and I'm happy. So, you know, I think that the number on the scale is huge, but also comparing ourselves to people that you see on social media. Um, people think, oh, well, this girl's my age and she's, she and I do workouts and whatever. But also, like, what do you say to someone who's got this compare mindset? Um, sure. Yeah, we live in a world that is, I find myself, like you said, like, I find myself scrolling through social media and I'm like, why, why am I doing this? This makes me feel like complete shit. Like, I hate myself now. So I have to take a step back. So a lot of times what I remind people, first of all, Instagram is all fake. You know, people can change their bodies so incredibly much. So a huge thing I love is to tell people, 
follow some body positive people. I have, there's so many amazing resources out there for body positive people. I truly cannot remember her name, but I just saw it the other day. And she literally takes two pictures of of herself. She edits one to make it look all cool. And like the other one is like straight up cellulite, normal human. And it's just so beautiful to see like, this is what a normal person looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, so really just kind of reminding people, like, take a step back. We're all different. We all have different needs. And we're all built different. If we were all built the same, it'd be a really boring world. Um, I, I use this example all the time. People try to manipulate and change their bodies, right? Well, I have a really big foot. And, like, I'm not that tall. I'm five six, And I have, like, an eight and a half foot. And, gosh, I would change the size of my foot for anything. But can I change the size of my foot? No. It's the same with our bodies. We can only manipulate our bodies so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's definitely a difference between being healthy and fit and doing something that's unsustainable and unnatural to achieve a certain look. And then as soon as you achieve that certain look, then what? How are you going to maintain that? You're going to have no social life. You're going to, you know, so it's, it's I find that so interesting. It's so true, though, because we, like, you know, so many times my patients will be like, once I get to X, you know, body fat percentage or weight, I will be happy. I'm like, oh, really? Will you? And they've hit that before, and they're like, no, I was miserable because I couldn't live my life. And one thing you said, like, I'm happy, and that's what we want is, like, I'm happy I'm living my life, and I'm not miserable trying to change my body. Um, and I will tell you, I have been – my weight – you know, I'm not, I don't fluctuate too much, but I remember I was, I think, and I'm like a lean person. I naturally have a, like a lower body fat percentage. I'm very, I'm happy with that. That's, I feel very lucky with the, my genetics that way. But again, genetics, like not, not in my control, but, um, right. I just remember I hopped on a scale and it said, it said some number. I think it said like 128, and I co- am comfortable at like 124. And if that's triggering for anyone, or I, I don't, I don't know. I don't mean to. I, this is literally just a story. This is just me personally. I hopped on a scale and I was like, "Holy fucking what!" And it said 128. I was so discouraged. But then I looked at myself. I was like, "But I like it looks good. I feel good." And I just thought, maybe, maybe if I just like. I increased my cardio a little bit for this week, then I'll get back to 124. And I remember I did that. And I remember I I, I skipped out one dinner. And I mean, I was healthy about it. I, I, den- I genuinely, I wasn't like skipping meals. I just was not adding a bunch of salt. I was getting rid of my water retention, that kind of thing. And I remember I was like, this is fine, but I want to go out to dinner tonight. I got back to my 124. Right. I won. I didn't look that different because I did take pictures. I didn't look that different. And I also was like, well, I want to go to dinner tonight. Can I? And I was like, is it a reward dinner or is this just me living my life? I couldn't tell the difference between the two. And I just remember thinking, okay, I know I can get to where I want to be number wise, but I, I feel like I had to lose a little bit of strength. I had to commit a little bit more time and it just wasn't necessarily about the number in the end. It, it was about the fact that, you know, Great. I set a little goal for myself. I hit it and I feel fine. But now what? You know? So, yeah, I I mean, setting little goals for yourself is always helpful. I don't know why I tangented like that, but. (laughs) 
There we are. No, that's I that because so many times my clients will be like, Oh my gosh, like I gained five pounds or whatever. And then I I I remember, you know, in college we're all kind of like our weight or weights are changing and like a friend will be like, Oh my gosh, I gained fifteen pounds. I'm like, huh? I, I don't I don't see that. Like we don't see that and I I say this so morbidly, but like it sounds so morbid, but when you're when people are talking about you at your funeral, are they gonna be like, Oh my god, that Eliza, she was always one twenty one hundred and twenty four pounds, like go girl. <laughs> if you are like, oh my gosh, like, you are so much more than the number on your scale. And if you ever have any issues with that, my number one thing is to do is just write a list of everything else you are. If you have if you're not doing great at it, go and ask a loved one, a best friend, whatever, and say, what qualities do you like about me? Because they're friends with you not because of the way that you look. It's because you are who you are. Yeah, it's true. Like, I can't tell you any friend that I have. It's because, wow, she's my best friend because she is skinny, you know? So that just doesn't happen. And um, and right. also, I, it's interesting. I know so often it's cliche to say, you're more than the number on your scale, you know, the, the scale is just a number, but it, it really, I mean, it's true. So I, I just, I almost say like, um, get, get rid of the scale, <laughs> get rid of it. Um, but that's yeah. just me. <laughs> that's just me. I, I don't, I literally, I will tell you right now, I have not weighed myself probably in four years by myself um I don't find it helpful it's probably not going to make me happy because I'm living my life and you know I I just I don't think that that's important um when I go to the doctor's office I turn around a lot of times they will give you a sheet that has your weight on it you you really can and there's um if you go to health at com, I think they have printable little um cards you can give a provider and say, hey, don't weigh me. Um, sometimes for medication, they need to weigh you, but quite honestly, there's really no point in them weighing you. They don't really need to know that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's pointless. Interesting. So what is that website again? Get rid of the scale. Health at every size.com. Brilliant. I'm going to ask you for that at the end, mm-hmm. and I'll post that in the show notes. That's great. Um, okay. So I want to get into, like, some meat. Um I have gotten, and I'm not a dietitian, so guys, this is why we have Allie on here, Allie Gray. Um, I want to know what you think when you hear so many people saying, um, like, what are some things that you've been telling people who are so concerned about gaining weight over quarantine, um, people who have disordered eating, who are working from home, stressed, and constantly surrounded by food. Maybe they have children, so they're constantly surrounded by, like, snacks. So people stress eat. People stress not eat. Um, What are some things that you're seeing specifically from your clients that that might either calm some people down or be relatable? What, What are you seeing? This is such a weird time, and um, it is really tough. I mean, we definitely, all of my clients are struggling more because, so uh, we're seeing people kind of, you know, either 
lack of control or like total control over food. Um, so a lot of things I tell people is, okay, just the COVID-15, like shut up. Like that's just stupid. Let's not focus on that. Um, like just for that. I say we are in a really stressful time and it is okay to gain weight. Like it doesn't mean the weight stays, but you may be eating more because you're stressed. That is a natural human response. Like I tell this story, like when COVID first started, I was, I was obviously super stressed and I just like started, I realized all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I've eaten like half of a baguette of bread. And I'm like, what, what, wait, what, this, this is weird. And then I was like, okay, COVID just like, you know, all this just started. Um, it's probably stress. And so we really have to recognize like, especially during stress, our bodies want, crave carbs. So our cravings for carbs are higher. Also too, with gyms being closed and, you know, like stricter guidelines, not being able to get into classes, people don't love to work out on their own and that's okay. Like, this is a, in the grand scheme of things, this is a very, very, very short amount of time. It's okay to not exercise, you know, multiple days a week or maybe gaining some weight. I mean, for me, I'm definitely drinking a little bit more wine during the week because I'm stressed. Um, So that's okay. And you're going to get back to normal. Even if you don't, the scale doesn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, um, I know a lot of people are saying that they are gravitating towards those carby things or alcohol or sugar. And they're like, well, there's nothing else to do. So let's just drink. Um, what are some healthier snacks that you, I mean, not saying that you have to have them just because you're in dietitian, a dietitian does not mean you have to be perfect, but what are some things that you, <laughs> what are some things that you recommend to your clients for a healthy treat or a snack because I know a lot of people like myself or I don't know if you are I like to eat in volume I just constantly like to be eating so like (laughs) what are some good little um tips and tricks yeah I totally feel you there's a podcast where you're like I can just like eat I think it's like the Leon like large salad and like every time I order it they're like do you really want that much I'm like yeah I do like it's lettuce can you let me be leave me <laughs> it's be it's the best salad <laughs> um so when we think about snacks I always tell people we want to think about at least two macronutrients we carbs are easy they're you know grab some goldfish or some crackers let's go it's easy enough so pairing like carbs with protein and or fat so Crackers with hummus, um, chips with guac, um, fruit or crackers or um, celery or something with peanut butter. Trying to kind of pair those two things. I love popcorn. Um, Lesser evil, no cheese cheesiness is just, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Damn. Go. It's delicious. Um, so I say like throw some nuts in your popcorn, um, you know, pairing a piece of fruit, not just a piece of fruit, a piece of fruit and nuts, piece of fruit and a piece of string cheese. So really kind of trying to balance those out so that you're not just getting carbs because that's just going to be quick energy that leaves. If you're really trying to make it to the next meal without, you know, being starving, incorporate a protein or fat with that carb. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Perfect. I love that. And, like, people know I'm not a cheese eater, but I definitely would say that the lesser evil no cheese popcorn is revolution <coughs> revolutionary, but you're going to eat the whole bag. It, you, you'll eat the whole bag, and that's okay. That's so okay. Allow yourself. Um, what about some – you mentioned that you give meal plans to your clients, so you don't have to give exact numbers or anything, but what are some things – that you recommend for someone who's just really trying to like incorporate more nutritious foods into their lifestyle, make it easy, make it fun, make it simple. Some people are like, I really want to eat healthy, but it's just so boring or I don't like vegetables. So what are some things that you might say to that? Um, so again, kind of with those macronutrients, we're not counting macros, but at every meal you want carbs, fat, and protein. Um, you're going to balance out that blood sugar by doing that so that you stay satiated and stay full. Um, people discount this because, yeah, I, I really – I love to bake. I'm not a huge cook. Uh, having a protein, a carb, and a veggie at meals is the easiest, best way to eat. Like, we do that all the time. So I don't really eat much meat except for seafood. So, you know, we'll do shrimp or salmon or tur- – uh, sorry, not turkey burger – um, like a Beyond Meat burger, um, we'll do rice, potatoes, something like that, and then a veggie or salad or something, and you're going to get some fat with probably the dressing or using olive oil or in the salmon or whatever, um, so you really have carbs, fat, and protein. It's super simple. It, I mean, you can do a sheet pan dinner, throw it in the oven, and you have dinner that hopefully everyone kind of likes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big, like, fish and veggie person. I just feel like grilled mahi-mahi, just had that for lunch, over some, like, sautéed spinach with a shit ton of bok choy. Bok choy is, like, my favorite vegetable of all time. So, I mean, if you don't, don't have bok choy, you mean... So it's so random. <laughs> it's so random. So and I, But it doesn't need to be beautiful. It just, you know, it needs to be fuel and it needs to be you need to appreciate it and like know what it's how it's serving you um so how do you okay last question I know I'm just like kind of just picking your brain a ton and then I want to hear if you have any things that you wanted to make sure were said um with with um all the macro base everything people are like I, I can't tell you how often I get this question how much protein should I eat protein 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 you're, there's no protein deficiency. Like, you're going to be okay. What um, general rule of thumb, I know that people are looking at anywhere from, like, 0.65 to 1 gram of protein per body per pound of body, but every body is so different, and women and men are different. If you're working out differently, that's going to change. I'm not a hu- super high, big advocate for, like, a lot of protein. I'm just... I don't think it's great for you, but what, what's your thought on, um, macros, like counting macros, protein? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Americans, like, do not worry about your protein intake. You are getting so much off on protein. Like, you're good. You're good. Um, it does change from person to person. It's really difficult to give you, like, a hardcore answer, but... You're getting enough protein. I can promise you that. Um, and we can only absorb 20 to 25 grams of protein per sitting. 
So, you know, you see, like, those, like, protein powders are like, oh, bulk up, like, 50 grams of protein per serving. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Like, you're not, it's just a waste. You're going to poop um, out 25 grams of protein. Great. <laughs> literally going to come out in your poop. Mm-hmm. So, it, really do think you're going to get all the protein you need. Um, and with counting macros, I am just more of a person of, like, do what serves you best eating-wise. I don't like a strict diet. Um, you know, I like, you know, I kind of dabble with plant-based a lot just because that's what feels good to me. Um, but if, if there's, if you feel like you're having struggles with diets, like, Diets don't work. We know that um, restricting yourself ends up being bad. It doesn't help. Um, and I, I use that term diet like pretty. It's pretty strict. So like like I said, plant based. I like that. Mediterranean diet is really great too. Eating more like that. Um, but all in all, I don't. We know diets don't work. There's research. Diets just don't work. So um, yeah. What if you were to say blanket statement? I think mine would personally be eat more fruits and veg and fiber, drink more good high-quality water, and get essential amino acids and essential fatty acids. I know that that's very, very, very broad, but I figured you could be more eloquent about that. Blanket statement, what do you think is advice that anyone could take? Um... Eat all three macronutrients at every meal. Get at least two macronutrients at every snack. Yes, drink more water. People do not drink enough water, and I'm a freaking fish. So I just can't even understand. I'm just constantly. So drink more water, um, especially in the summer. And um, eat. Eat. Like, enjoy your food. It should be pleasurable. Um, it, and just not being too restrictive with it. Uh-huh. What's your favorite meal of all time? I don't care how many calories or if it's one big carb. What is it? <laughs> oh my gosh, that is like the like you, it's the hardest question ever. Um. Oh, I I love 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 sushi. I mm-hmm. love sushi. Um, close to it would truly be the science salad from Leon's. Like I I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. It's so okay. And y'all, by the way, if you're in Charleston. If you're in Charleston, I have a whole episode of what to order in different places in Charleston. The cyan salad is on there, and I make some modifications to it. So that's the one Allie Gray is talking about, and she's a dietitian, so get what she gets. Um, Well, so, okay, plug yourself. Tell us what, what we can do to support you. Where can people find you? Are you taking new clients? If they have questions, pimp yourself out. Um, so if y'all have any questions, just Instagram message me at, um, Allie Gray Deloach, A-L-I-G-R-A-Y-D-E-L-O-A-C-H-E. Um, I'm not currently taking new clients, but I will direct you in a way so that I can help you, um, or a loved one. If you have questions about a loved one, I get that all the time. Um, how can I help my friend, sister, whatever, Um, so absolutely just contact me if you have any questions. Um, you will probably see me at Hyla with Eliza and all the others. Um, and yeah, I'm just out and around. Clearly I love Leon, so you can probably catch me there pretty often. Uh, 
<laughs> and are you, what if and, people, yeah. what if people live in another state or they don't live in Charleston? Mm-hmm. Where can they still find yeah. you there? They, yes, please still contact me via um, Instagram and I, I can totally lead you in the right direction to try to find somebody that can work for you. But if you just have general questions too, feel free to shoot me a message. Um, obviously this is truly my passion. Um, love talking about it. So yeah. That's so amazing. You're amazing. And you're so easy to talk to. And, um, I wish everyone could see you right now. You're just like this light, beautiful, airy angel. Um, and I'm a sonic girl. So things are good. (laughs) Things are good. So thank you so much for all your help. And you guys, this was just introducing some of the topics that we can be covering on the podcast. Allie Gray has so much more information. I'm sure that we just skimmed the surface. There's so much we could go into. But um, if y'all have questions, if you have concerns, if you guys have recommendations on how we could utilize her brain even more, um, please let me know. I'd love to get you back on here. I'm sure we will soon. Um, If y'all have questions, feel free to book any like workout consults on my website, nutrition as well, just to chat. You can go to um, Allie Gray's Instagram and she'll help you book all that you need. Um, so again, if you want to support the podcast, you can also go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and you can monetarily support, you can do whatever you want, there are added benefits, so just have to plug myself there, but thank you guys so much. Oh, you have been amazing, and I can't wait to have you back on, but, um, everyone say goodbye to Allie Gray, and we'll talk to you soon.